What it do, baby? What is up? <laughs> Happy Father's Day for everybody joining us on tonight. Yes. Happy Father's Day to you, husband. Yeah. He's a great father. I'll be her baby daddy. You know. Uh, you're not just my baby daddy. <laughs> um, we're excited. Listen, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us week after week. Last week, you guys showed out, and we're just so thankful for... Um, you joining us. Look, yes. the Try Me, Me series may be blessing you, but it is personally blessing myself and blessing my wife. Yes, yes. And from the bottom of our hearts, we just want to say thank you. Um, this series is starting to make its decline yeah. to land on the runway. I know where we're going next. You think? <laughs> I know we're going next. Um, but on tonight for part 19 of our Try Me series. I hope you guys are ready. I think it's going to be really, really, really good. Just customized for heaven, by heaven, just for you. So take a screenshot. Let us know where you are in the world. If this is your first time, if this is your 19th time watching the Try Me series, happy Father's Day to all brothers that are watching. We love you and we honor you. I saw something that made me laugh when somebody said happy Father's Day. They said, no, all parents matter. I said, I'm going leave- <laughs> to leave that alone. Um, oh, but Jesus. yes. Today is Father's Day. We celebrate fathers, yeah. okay? And they need to be celebrated. Men need to be celebrated, okay? And, and ultimately, our Heavenly Father. Uh, we, Absolutely. We honor him for those he's that, a good father. Yeah, that didn't have a natural father. We have Abba. Amen. Uh, so let's get to work. First Kings chapter 11. Uh, this is probably um, foreign to, to many people who are reading this story, uh, depending where you are in your Christian journey. First uh, Kings chapter 11, we're going to launch our reading at verse 1. It says, but King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites from the nation of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn your heart. Somebody say turn. Turn. Surely they will turn your heart. They will turn away your heart after their gods. Look at this. Solomon clung to these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. Our clause of concern and where we're going to come for your life takes residence in verse 2. From the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Look at this. Solomon clung to these in love. God, anoint our lips to be the PA system of heaven. We're excited. We're in high expectation of what you're going to do for the time that we have together on tonight. Thank you, Lord, for everybody joining us live, and we pray that this word touches their hearts, and we understand that many times, oh God, you give us a word out of season so that when we hit that season, we can have an open book test. We're thankful for what you're going to do on tonight. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 I'm ready to work. Are y'all ready? We ready. Solomon clung to these in love. Uh What do you do when your mind, your heart, your body, and your soul are all at war with one another? Mm. And I want to know, do we have any real people watching us on tonight? Don't leave us hanging. Don't leave us out here. Do we have anybody else? Have you ever been drafted in World War Me? Yeah, don't leave us out here. Drop like a hand raise emoji comment in the room. Have you ever been drafted in World War Me? There's this war between good and this war between evil. There's this war between the next level me and the current level me. There's this war between my flesh and the spirit. There's this war between the will of God and the will of me. There's this war. There's there's this war going on. I want us to understand this. It's one thing to know the problem. It's another thing to know the origin of the problem. Mm -hmm. Let's go deeper. It's one thing to know the problem. It's another thing to know the origin of the problem and how to experience true deliverance from it. Because sometimes you got to get ugly for your deliverance. You can't care what people think. You can't care that your issue's exposed. You can't care because they can't save me anyway. If you understand, it's one thing to know the problem. It's another thing to know the origin of the problem and how to experience true deliverance from it. Because whenever a man, this includes the male man and the female man, whenever we come out of a thing due to the repercussions versus reprogramming. Right, 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 right. Whenever we come out of a thing due to the repercussions versus reprogramming, the enemy can always tempt us with Egypt meals. He can always tempt us with Egypt meals because I don't mind being a slave, but I just don't want Pharaoh's whip. That's good. (laughs) So if there's a way I can get what I have in slavery without Pharaoh's whip, I'm good. I don't mind watching porn as long as I don't get caught. I don't mind lying on my taxes as long as I don't get caught. I don't mind sipping on a little gin and juice as long as I don't get caught. I don't mind the bondage as long as I don't get caught. Can we talk? Literally, there is somebody watching this message. All it takes is for bondage to come back and apologize. Come on. All it takes is for bondage to come back and say, I get it. I'm sorry. I was just tripping. What was I thinking? All it takes is for bondage to come back and apologize. And a lot of us will go right back into the hell form relationship, that hell form community, that hell form distraction. But we believe that we're speaking to us people under the sign of our voice on this Father's Day night who say enough is enough. Recovery season's over. It's time to advance. Counterfeit season's over, it's time to advance. Distraction season's over, it's time to advance. I'm going to walk into everything that God has called for me to walk into. Joy, I'm going to walk into it. Fulfillment, I'm going to walk into it. Peace, I'm going to walk into it. Y'all better come get me. Yes, yes, come on. For part 19 of this Try Me series, we would like to speak from this thought around this subject. My mind's telling me no. Lord help. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) My mind's telling me no, but my body is telling me yes. Has anybody ever been there? Let's talk. Let's talk. Okay. So when we talk about um, my mind is telling me no, but my body is telling me yes, we are talking about the flesh, okay? And so we can't talk about like being a bloodline shifter and 
walking, you know, advance and walking this and walking your joy and walking your peace. We can't really um, talk about that unless we address really the constant war that's going on. Uh, like he was saying at the beginning, there's a constant war, a battle going on constantly inside of you. Okay, yeah. it's a war against the spirit and the flesh. So um, I'm going to do a little scripture reading if that's all right. You know, we're going to go to the word of God. Um, so I want to start with Galatians 5.17. It says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, yeah. which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So this is a constant thing that's going on yeah. over and over and over again. Okay. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to, to carry out your good intentions. So that basically the title, your mind is saying, no, this isn't right. No, you shouldn't do this. But your body is always constantly craving what is wrong, what is evil, okay? Yeah. So we're going to jump down to Romans 7 and 18. Mm -hmm. It says, I know, and this is Paul talking, I know that nothing good lives in me yeah. that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And I'm going to jump to 21. So this is the principle I've discovered. When I want to do good... Mm. Evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. So like, you know, I, I like the word. I like what it says. You know, I'm like, yeah. I listen to it. I follow it. You know, that's a good scripture. I got my favorite verse, you know. But I see another law at work in my body. Mm. Warring against the law of my mind and holding me captive to the law of sin that dwells within me. Yeah. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body, because my mind's telling me no, my body's telling me yes, of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. So listen, sometimes, guys, this war that we're battling against, it's not even our fault. Like, we come to this world encased in a body of sin. We come wrapped in flesh. We have sinful nature. It's always warring against, you know, your, your sinful nation is always born against your spirit, right? Yeah. But sometimes we have generational things, okay, oh. that get passed down. So when we talk about Solomon, right, his father David had a problem. He had a lust issue. And we're going to get into that further on, okay? And yeah. that passed through to Solomon. Right. And so I think what a lot of us have to recognize and be, and be willing to go to war with are, are those generational cycles. Now, yeah. we say all the time, generational curses were broken with the cross, but generational cycles are broken in your mind, okay? Talk. So we have to break some generational cycles. And if you don't admit it, then you can't really go to war with it and break it, okay? Right. So I can put myself personally in there. My, my family, I have drug addiction and alcoholism on both sides of my family, okay? So this is something that my mother's father dealt with, and now later in his life, he became, became an awesome man of God, um, a, a man that I looked up to, that I loved, that I saw doing the ministry, but for decades and decades, he was an alcoholic, hmm. okay? And then we saw that passed down to my uncles, okay? And one of them de dealt with it for decades and decades and decades, and he's delivered now. But one is still struggling with that. And we're still praying, you know, we're still, pr we're still praying for him. Everybody got that auntie or that uncle, that cousin that they praying for, right? Yeah. And then on the other side, my father personally is, has dealt with drugs and alcohol for 
years, and we are still praying for his deliverance as well. So I realized at a very young age that I don't want to have any of that around me because I saw the, reper the repercussions of it. I saw what it did to my family. I saw what it did to my uncles. I saw what it's, you know, I saw what happened and what it does, how it breaks people up. Addiction. Now, addiction may not be your family's issue. It may be something else. It may be you have a cycle of adultery. Yeah. You may have a, a cycle of obesity and, and gluttony. You may have a cycle of lying, like y'all just a bunch of liars or a bunch of thieves. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like every family has this generational cycle. And we have to think about what we're passing on to our children. So those of us who have children out there, I think about when our children, when I look at my daughter and my son, I see their purity and I see their innocence, but I also see their sinful nature. Yeah. That's why it says to train up a child in the way that they should go, because they come here being selfish. Look, what? Uh, I was thinking, this is real talk. This is like totally off script. We be getting arguments sometimes, like, because uh, I'll be messing with her, but sometimes she get offended. <laughs> My son has like this little anger thing, yes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, All man, right, where did you get this anger from? Talk about it. <laughs> I'll be like, that's your daddy. <laughs> like, right. You know, that's your daddy. <laughs> she was no, like, he, like, literally, he's like, no, that's your father. You know, his <laughs> anger comes from your side of the family. And I'm just like, so nobody on your family has an anger issue. And so, and, and that's a good point. He's laughing about it because I'm like, why does, why does my three-year-old's anger issue have to be my fault, right? <laughs> but, when, but when you think about it, it's not, a lot of things that we deal with aren't our fault, okay? Yeah. And when I, I, I remember calling my sister, because it really made me upset when he, said, when he said that. So I remember calling my sister, and um, we had a chat about it. She was like, well, Tanisha, when you think about it, a lot of the men in our family had issues. Hmm. And... It may not necessarily been our father, but she said our grandfather has some anger issues. Yeah. And so it's not like it's your fault, but it's your responsibility to war against it because you can recognize it. That's good. Right? So we have to be willing to recognize the things that, you know, get passed down. Because listen, when I think about it, I, I, I know personally I have dealt with fear. I've dealt with insecurity for years, years and years and years. And okay. And I'm warring against it myself. But do I want to pass down that to my, my daughter and my son who already come to this world in their, with their own issues, right? Yeah. Our children come to this world with their own problems and issues because they're encased in a body of sin, right? right? And then if I pass on my own personal issues, they got their issues and my issues, yeah. and then the bloodline issues that the enemy tries to carry on through. Mm -hmm. So listen, if we don't understand this battle that's going on, we will continuously... Uh, carry on this cycle within ourselves and within our gen uh, uh, and within uh, our children and generations to come. Somebody has to say, "Nah, I'm not. I'm breaking this." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody has to say, "No, I'm not going to continue this cycle on in my family, yes. in my life. I'm not going to pass this on to generations to come." So I'm going to have to be the one to go to war with this because. I don't want this. This is, this, this is toxic. This is yeah. dysfunctional. This is ugly. And this is just the enemy's way of keeping us in this box so we can't really be who God's called us to be as a family. And a, a lot of people may relate to this. Like, people, like everybody in your family has this issue. And you're like, why is, what, what, is, what is this? This is a generational thing because the, the enemy doesn't want you to be powerful. He doesn't want you to walk in purpose. Yeah. He doesn't want you to be who God wants you to, uh, to be. So, of course, he's going to attach all this stuff to you. Yeah. And then this generational cycle keeps going over and over and over again. And somebody has to be willing, like, no, 
I'm breaking this. There's a war already constantly, but you know what? Thanks be to God. You know, I'm going to give glory to him because I know my flesh is warring uh, against my spirit, but I'm going to let my spirit man reign. Yeah. I'm not going to let my flesh reign. And, and one more thing. That's why we have to be careful who we attach ourselves with. Talk. Okay, that's why we have to be careful who we link, whether it's in a relationship or whether it's the community that you, the people that you connect with, because that affects, you know, the type of things that come on to you. So listen, if I connect with a man that has all of it, listen, everybody got their stuff, but he be got a whole, 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 whole lot of stuff. Listen, so all that stuff is going to be passed down to my children too. So, you know, a lot of us, we looking at their body, you know, instead of their mind. Yeah. Okay, we're looking because everybody has assets and liabilities, right? And a lot of people pay so much more attention to their assets rather than somebody's liabilities. And sometimes we're, we're blindfolded, okay, to, the, to the, all of the liabilities of this man or this woman. And they have a whole, you know, they may be like, oh, look at all these assets. Oh, look, ooh, he, he got this, he got this, she got this, she got this. But then you're completely ignoring all of these liabilities, okay? And those things could be very uh, spiritual that can affect, the, you know, your children and, and um, the things that they have to battle with. So, y'all, we just got to be careful. So, just recognize, listen, you're, there's a war, and you have to be willing to go to bat with it. Maybe you've never been said, told anything like this before. Mm. Or maybe you're getting this epiphany like, man, that's, that's my problem. Well, listen, you can go to war with it, and you can win, okay? Because not, we have power over that. Yeah. So, but you have to be willing to say, I'm going to be the bloodline shifter. I made that decision. Like some of the cycles that I saw in my family, I made that decision. I don't want that for my family. I don't want that for my life. I don't want that for my children. So I'm going to say I, it, it stops with me. I'm not going to let this cycle continue on. And I'm going to war against it. Um, and make the decision to not carry it on. I feel like I'm at like a, a Baptist preacher and the preacher's just up there like killing. I'm just like, girl, you be, I mean, y'all hear me every week. I'm like, go, spew your fire. She up here like, I, I'm the one that's going to break it. I'm the one that's going to, I need everybody to drop the comment. It stops with me. Amen. Amen. It stops with me. I'm the cycle breaker. Amen. I'm the bloodline shifter. Right, right. Anxiety breaks off my bloodline because of me. Right. Depression breaks off my bloodline because of me. Yes. Divorce breaks off my bloodline because of me. I'm yes. going to break it. Amen. Listen, Amen. a lot of us, we don't, we don't really understand the life of Solomon. So l let's go a little deep and let's just use him right, right, for the right. time that we have together. Yes. King Solomon is the wisest man. Besides Jesus, he's the wisest king to ever walk the face of the earth. Right. And he is given the most biblical, powerful, amazing sound doctrine when it comes to selecting a wife in all of existence. Yeah, yeah. See, this might be education to some, but then a reminder to others. Right. Proverbs 31 is accredited to being Bathsheba. Right. You know, Bathsheba is that one that David slept with her, she got pregnant, and then he got her husband, Uriah, killed. That was right. messed up, right? right it's right, like a Lifetime right, movie-like right, type story. Right. Yeah, that one. It is accredited that Proverbs 31 is Bathsheba speaking to Solomon, telling him what type of wife, what type of woman to look for. I want y'all to get this. Yeah. He's the wisest man, the wisest king to ever walk the face of the earth. Right. And his mother 
has given a statement that is the most memorable statement almost every kingdom woman and almost every Christian woman sometime in her life. It's either been a caption, it's been something in your Bible. Right. Back in the day when we used to have belts with our name on it, it's been a belt. Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> Proverbs 31. Your email address, your IG name, whatever. Proverbs 31 woman. And I remember back in the day, I saw this, um, this meme and it said, a lot of these wives, a lot of these women have wife written all over them. It's just that these men can't read. That's good. That's <laughs> and good. I began to That's think good. about that. Um, I was like, man, who aggressively is teaching men how to look for virtuous women? Who? We, we've been in tons of conferences, man. retreats, revivals, church summits, explosions, you name it. <laughs> We've been in all of them, and I've never been to a men's conference where the theme is Proverbs 31. You should put it on. I'm telling you, as soon as this COVID's over, <laughs> we have a men's conference theme, Proverbs 31. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it was a mother yeah. telling her son. That's good. And maybe the issue is we have women right. reading Proverbs 31, yeah. but we don't have men reading Proverbs 31. We don't have men that understand charm is deceptive yeah, and yeah. beauty is fleeting, yeah. but a woman who loves the Lord yeah. is worthy to be praised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have men who are reading that she is a woman that works with her hands. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. resourceful. Right. She's a hustler. I'm, right. a, I'm, I'm a hustler. She's a hustler. She takes care of the house oh, while yeah. everyone is sleeping. During winter, she prepares. We don't really necessarily have men that are aware of what a virtuous wife looks like. So instead of us looking for a virtuous wife, we're looking for a woman of the night. Right. (laughs) Help somebody. This brother, the wisest man, Mm -hmm. he is told one of the most memorable verses, well, chapters, about what type of woman to look for. And this man even had God come to him and ask him right. what you want. Right. Could y'all imagine? Like, God came to him. Like, Look, let's, hey, like, hey, let, let's ask show you whatever this. you want, Solomon. Let's like, show you this. Um, Second Chronicles chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 7. It says, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Pause. Some of us would be like, a husband, a million dollars, a wife, I want a bigger house. Yeah. I'm thinking like, God, why don't you come and ask me that? Right, right, <laughs> Just come right. ask me. How many of us would like, God, would come ask you, hey, what is it that you want? Let's look at Solomon's response. Wow. Solomon answered God, you have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father, David, be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead these people. For who is able to govern these great people of yours? God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth. See, I would have messed up. You have not asked for wealth. You have not asked for possessions. You have not asked for honor, nor for the death of your enemies. Ooh, a whole lot of... A lot of people would have asked for that. Kill him, Lord. <laughs> Kill him. I want him to see that I'm blessed without him. Oh, Lord. And since you have not asked for long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to Man. govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor. 
such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will, ha- will have. I'm like, whoa. So forever. Forever, ever. You're going to be the ever. wisest person ever. I'm giving that to you. So let, let's just look, check this out. He's the wisest man. Mm. He's a king. He has a mother who tells him the most memorable verse to picking out a spouse. <laughs> God came to him and said, hey, bro, what is it that you want? Whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. How does he get to a place at verse 4 of our foundational text? I want to just think of this. How do you go from being the wisest? Your mama is talking about Proverbs 31 women. God comes and asks you what you want, and he's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you wealth. He's going to give you possessions. How do you go from all of that to verse 4 of our foundational text? For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David Mm. how do you go see a lot of us were right here you got all this bible yeah you read Kingdom Woman by Tony Evans, Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. You're right. reading all these books. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. all this content. You binging right. the Try Me series. <laughs> you watching all of this. You read your Bible, yeah. but you still are allowing people to turn your heart. How did you Ooh. get to a place to where your heart is no longer loyal to God? Oh my God. How did you get to a place where you're no longer questioning, no longer uh, uh, seeking God's face and not questioning who he is? How did you get to this place? And I began to do some research, and I found the answer. In 1 Kings chapter 3, look at this. Verse 1, it says, Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughter. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. He married Pharaoh's daughter. Okay, this is a problem. Before we keep reading, check this out. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, God says, do not intermarry with them, nor they with you, for they will turn your hearts. This is where we're messing up. Because check this out. Wrong picks create wrong hearts. Tag us on that. Wrong picks create wrong hearts. This brother already is messing up. And if you think about this, Egypt is the place where my people were slaves for over 400 years. Egypt is the place where there's idolatry, yes. there's lust, yes. there's covetousness. Right. This is the very place that we ask God to take us out of. Right. Have you ever thought about going back to what you asked God to take you out of? Ooh-wee. Have you ever married in your heart your past? The king of Egypt. Now check this out. This is how I think a lot of us are. It says, and he Meryl married Pharaoh's daughter. Mm-hmm. Then he brought her to the city of David. So now I'm trying to bring her in some kingdom right. until he had finished building his own house yeah. and the house of the Lord and the wall all around Jerusalem. Yeah. So now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to live a life of mixture. I'm trying to do what I want to do and then also do what God wants me to do. Right. I like this foreign woman. I'm going to keep her, but then I'm also going to try to do godly things. Y'all ever been right. there? Like, I'm going to try to club on Saturday right. night, but right. then I'm also going to sing on Sunday morning. Yeah. I'm going to try to sleep. With, oh, y'all ain't trying to talk. Yeah. Y'all Lord ain't trying to talk. Lord. I want to live a life of mixture. Yeah. I want your way, God, and then I want my way, too. Listen. I want to do my thing, and then God I'm also going to do your thing. I want to rock your title, but then I also want to rock my brand. I'm going to do both of them, a degree in mixture. Mm. And I used to wonder 
how in the world does my room get so dirty? And I thought about this. Okay. I want y'all to see this. Look. I walk in my house. Got our laundry. Got my laundry. I walk in my house, take off my shirt, take off my jacket, take off my shoes. Well, that's another shirt. Take off this clothes. Take this off. And so by the time Tuesday come, by the time Wednesday come, by the time Thursday come, by the time Friday come, and then, oh, by the time we hitting up Sunday, oh, all my stuff is just everywhere. <laughs> it's a mess. It's just a mess. And we're wondering why our life looks like my dirty laundry is everywhere. And could it be because the first thing you did, mm. the first time I took off the shirt, if I would have hung it up. Right. Metaphorically speaking, the first time you saw the red flag, if you would have ended it. Come on. The first time you had that tension in your soul, this might not be God. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that would have caused you to pray, instead of you being so desperate because of what you want, mm -hmm. maybe if I bring them over into the city of David, I can keep what I want mm -hmm. and I could also <laughs> do what God wants me to do too. At the same time. At the same time and on top of this, please hear us. I want to reiterate what my wife said. On top of this, he's dealing with the familiar spirit. Yes. A lot of us, you don't even understand why certain struggles are so hard. Right. It's because certain spirits hover over bloodlines. Yes, 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 yes. There was a familiar spirit of lust right. that hovered over this bloodline. Mm -hmm. We saw it in David by sleeping with Uriah, was sleeping with Uriah's wife Bathsheba. We see it in Solomon by having all of these women. Also in the same bloodline of David is Rahab the harlot. Yes. But there was somebody else in the bloodline of David. Y'all better come get me. Yes. There was somebody else in the bloodline of David. Some call him the lily of the valley. Some call him, call him the rose of Sharon. Others call him the bright and morning star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some call him the lion out of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was also in the bloodline of David. Right. And he was the one that broke the cycle. Right. And what we're trying to help somebody understand on tonight is greater is he. Yes. Greater is he that lives within me right. than he that's in the world. You're looking for a move of God. You are the move of God. Yes. You can have heaven here on earth because he prayed, let your will be done right. in earth yes. as it is in heaven. Yes. You're carrying the kingdom. Right. Right. You are a kingdom citizen. Yes. You're the one that's going to break it. Let's go. That's so good. That's so good. There's familiar spirits that hover over bloodlines. And it should be when it comes to you. It no longer has power over my bloodline, over my children's children, because I'm the one that's going to break it. Right. Because I understand there's some dirty laundry that I haven't been addressing. Yeah. But listen, that's why you cannot, you cannot do this without God. Talk. Like you cannot break anything. Like I, we believe in therapy and we believe in, you know, rehab. We believe in, in, a, in a lot of other things to help people get over issues and get over problems. But you yeah. need God, okay? Yeah. Think about this. Solomon was the wisest man on earth. Yeah. And God actually spoke to him, okay? So do you think somebody, I mean, I've never heard like God say, Tanisha, ask what you want of me. I've never heard that. <laughs> but, you know, Solomon actually got to hear God's voice speak to him. Yeah. All right? So you think somebody as, as in tune with God as Solomon can get his heart turned away? Yeah. Surely we can get our heart. This was Solomon, the wisest man on earth. So we have to, we can't, 
lie to ourselves or think that we can do this on our own. You need the word of God. You need community. You yeah. need accountability. You need the Holy Spirit. You need worship. You need prayer. You need devotion. Like you need discipleship. Like those of you who may be new believers, like you can't do this on your own. Okay, because the enemy will manipulate your weaknesses. Right. Because he knows he knows like, okay, you know, um, they got I see this, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and send them this one little uh, thing. And then I'm attempting with that. Right. So uh, I'm gonna go to the the verse real quick in James. This is James 1 14. It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So because we come here in a body encased in sin, it's already there. Right. It's built in. And so the enemy then is like, oh, I know, I know that thing is there. So let me go ahead and throw something in to entice him and, and, and bring him out. And then verse 15 says, then after desi- the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's in full growth, gives birth to death. So we know ultimately that the enemy's trying to kill you, right? Yeah. He's trying to not just kill you physically. He's trying to kill you, uh, so tr- try to kill you uh, mentally in your mind so he can manipulate everything that you do so you won't move forward, right? right? So I think a lot of times, if we if we just be honest with ourselves and say, God, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. God, I need you, I need you to help me, show me what to do, God will help you, but this is what, what, ha- what, this is what happens, what a lot of people do, we just stay stuck, we just stay in that place and we kinda wallow and we, we kinda allow the enemy to manipulate those things so we feel disqualified. We, yeah. So even if we wanna do better and we, we wanna step out, the enemy, it says he's an accuser of the brethren, right? So the enemy reminds you, look what you did. Look at this. Look, you ain't, you, you ain't this, you ain't that. You got this issue, and you got this problem, you got this, this, and you got this, and this, and this, and this. So he can, he's constantly reminding you of all the stuff that you did. Yeah. And so you feel disqualified. So you never really w- walk into what God wants you to do because you feel disqualified. But listen, newsflash, we're all disqualified, right? <laughs> Everybody has all, listen, we, because... Um, it, Adam, Adam and Eve did that for us, okay? But the blood of Jesus qualifies us. Oh. So you have to remember that you're covered with the blood of Jesus, and that qualifies you. So when the enemy tries to say, no, you can't write that book because nobody's going to listen to you. Well, no, you, you can say, no, the blood of Jesus makes me qualified, so I'm gonna, God gave me this story to share. When you feel like I'm not smart enough to start this business because I, I know I messed up in school because maybe I, I made mistakes. No, the blood of Jesus qualifies me, so guess what? God gave me this vision, so I'm going to do this because the enemy wants to stop your purpose. Yeah. He wants to stop, uh, stop you from pursuing what God wants you to do. But you have to remember you are qualified through the blood of Jesus, not because you're so holy, not because you're so righteous. We're not qualified to do any of this. It's the blood of Jesus that qualifies us. Yeah. It's the blood of Jesus that qualifies you. Yeah. So if you're, if you're right now thinking that, you, you know, I, 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 I'm depressed, I'm, I'm, I, I have low self-esteem, I have all these issues, I have all these problems, Everybody in my family's like this. How am I going to be a good mother? How am I going to be a good wife? How am I going to start this business? Listen, the blood of Jesus has qualified you. Okay? It has qualified you to pursue whatever God has for you. So don't allow the enemy to lie to you and tell you that all the things that, uh, in your past or in your bloodline disqualifies you from moving forward. Write that book. Yeah. Start that business. Okay? Pursue that dream. Pursue whatever you Because I'm telling you, the enemy will keep doing that to you, there's always going to be a war. He's yeah. always going to keep, I mean, he's not going to stop. So yeah. you might as well say, devil, you're a liar. 
Okay, and you're not going to stop me. Yeah, I know this is in my bloodline, but I'm a bloodline shifter. (laughs) Yes, I know this is in my past, but you know what? My past doesn't disqualify me because God qualifies me. Mm. Okay, you have to start speaking those things. If you don't know how to speak those things, then say, God, I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. God, give me the words to say. Yeah. Okay, you can pray those things and God can show you exactly what you need to do so you can walk in faith. Okay, you have to be able to walk in those things and speak those things. And, and if you read and if you worship and if you allow God to come into your heart and you allow him to infiltrate your soul, then he will teach you everything that you need to know. And then let, listen, that battle that's going on in your flesh, that spirit will start getting stronger because the one that you feed the most is going to be the strongest. The war is always going to be there, right? But listen, you can always be victorious over it if you feed one more, okay? So listen, if you're constantly feeding your flesh and you're constantly, constantly doing things that are not pleasing to God, guess what? Your flesh is always going to be stronger and you're always going to be enticed and you're always going to be pulled away. And guess what? That sin is eventually going to lead to death. And that's what the enemy wants. But if you start feeding your spirit more constantly on a regular basis, that's the one that's going to be stronger. And then that's the one that's going to be victorious over your flesh. But you have to be willing, listen, willing to say, you know what, God, I can't do this by myself. If Solomon can get turned away, I can get turned away. Okay. If, If Solomon, the wisest man on earth, okay, that knows everything. I know, I know I don't know everything. I can get turned away. Don't be, don't be, don't be stupid. I, for lack of a better word, like stop trying to, people like, there's a lot of pride that people deal with. And they think they can handle things on their own. They think that they got this. No, you're not strong enough. Yeah. You need the Holy Spirit. You yeah. need the word of God. You need accountability. Okay. You need that to help you walk this walk daily. Okay, none of us can do it without God. And if you think that you can do it without God, you're going to be sadly mistaken every time. You need the Holy Spirit. You need God to help you. And I promise you, if you allow God to come in and take over, Mm. he is going to give you the strength that you need to move forward and to really walk in what God wants you to walk in. This, this, This right here is why we do what we do. You can't do this on your own. You can't do this on your own. And the reason we're so passionate tonight is I see what happened. God said, I don't want you to intermarry with these people for they will turn your hearts. And the very thing that God said don't do, he did anyway. And a lot of us, we think nothing is wrong with them, nothing is wrong with hanging with this group of people. They will turn your heart. See, listen, there's a struggle that exists between callings and cravings. The enemy knows if I could deceive them and try to stop them from ever discovering their calling. Please hear me. The enemy knows if they ever discover their calling, they will live like an answer. Yes. You hear what I just said? That's good. When you discover your calling, you'll live like an answer. If you haven't discovered your calling, you'll answer your craving. That's good. When you discover your calling... You'll live like an answer. Yes. When you haven't discovered your calling, you'll answer your craving. So good. It's so good. Some of us have been living our lives following our cravings for so long that every single time God calls you, your craving sends him the voicemail. So good. (laughs) Sends him the voicemail. And we've been sending God to voicemail for so long that your voicemail box is full. (laughs) And then you wonder why your life is full of foolishness. 
it, it, it's because I constantly keep declining the call of God. Yes. I remember so vividly being at this party. My dad told me to be home at 11 o'clock. I was about to graduate high school. I was on who's who of American high school students. I was on the honor roll. Uh, I'm 18 years old. Why do I have to be home at 11 o'clock and everybody else has to be home at 2? But nevertheless, um, at like 10.59, my dad had to be dialing my phone number. (laughs) I was on the step team in high school. So at like 10, it was kind of getting turned. But at like 10.55, everybody was like, hey, hey, come on, Drew, let's go. And everybody was all hyped. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm like, man, I'm going to go ahead and be like Solomon. You know, my mind's telling me no, but my body, my body. I had the R. Kelly syndrome. Jesus. So, so I decided to follow my body instead of my mind knowing you better take your behind home. At 10.59, my right. dad called. I ignored his call. I don't know if y'all ever did that. Don't judge me. I ignored his call, <laughs> and he kept calling. 11 o'clock, 11.01. 11.02, and, I, and I'm trying to just, you know, follow my boys, and I'm trying to stroll with them and do all the stuff, I'm trying to go with them, I'm trying to do everything, but I'm not really enjoying it because daddy called me. Yes. Woo. Listen, some of us, you're watching this message right now, and daddy has been calling you, yes. and you keep on answering, and God is saying, listen, I don't want you to just click over, I want you to hang up. Yes. I want you to hang up and I want you to live your life as an answer. And just in case you're a new convert and you don't really understand, okay, what's the difference between craving and calling? We're going to break this down for you and we're done. Okay. Um, Go ahead. What is a craving? Craving. Okay. So we're going to have them up here. The first first thing, uh, the craving is what you want to do. Right. I mean, and that's simply put, you do what you want to do. You make your decisions. You don't, you don't consult anybody. Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. You know, you grown yeah. and you do what it is that you want to do. Yeah. Okay. Craving is doing what you want to do. Calling is doing what you're born to do. Ah. And the next series, um, starting a new series in a few weeks, is called World War Me. Yeah. I'm going to dedicate a whole segment speaking about what is the difference between my calling and my job. Yeah. Because your job does not always mean it's your calling. But that does not mean that you're not living in your calling. Yeah, We're going to yeah, break yeah. all that down later. Okay. Yeah. So craving, what you want to do. Calling, what you're born to do. Yeah. Born to do. Second one, craving temporary satisfaction. Mm-hmm. All right. So when I think of that, I think about a scripture that talks about the, pla- the passing pleasures of sin, okay? Yeah. So when you're in that sin, when you're in something, it feels good for a little while. Like while you're getting drunk and you turn it up, it feels good right now, but then that hangover later, you know, you're feeling a hot mess, okay? Right. So it's a temporary satisfaction, and the right. enemy keeps using things like that on people because um, they keep thinking about the high. They think that they think about all the stuff that makes them feel good, but they are blind to the, the repercussions. Um, and which, like I said earlier in scripture, eventually leads to death because you're enticed by that. Yeah. Craving temporary satisfaction, calling eternal fulfillment. Right. There's just this fulfillment that you're going to have when you're doing what you're called to do. Yes. Like up here right now, I'm in the level of fulfillment. Right. I was okay. I was okay with basketball. 
I was okay in boxing, mm -hmm. but it's just something about when I have a mic in my hand. It's just something about when I, when I could speak. I have discovered my divine sweet spot, why God has cosmically created me. And when you are living a life in your calling, there's a fulfillment that you're going to have that you would never be able to articulate. Mm -hmm. It's just something that happens once you live your life in purpose. Okay. All right. Next one. Next one. Craving your moment focused. Okay. Hmm. So you're not thinking about the future. So when you make this decision, you're thinking about what feels good right now. What feels good to you at this moment? A lot of people, those one moment decisions can wreck your life. Yeah. You know, those one moment decisions, uh, I mean, literally trans, um, I mean, major life going completely different direction that it was supposed to go to. So, you know, you're not thinking about your family. You're not thinking about your career. You're not thinking about your reputation. You're not thinking about any of that. You're thinking about, oh, this feels good right now at this moment, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Craving is moment-focused. Calling is generational-focused. Yes. Okay? See, you could, you could make a dumb decision in three minutes and take 30 years to recover from. Yes, right, Okay. right. Generational focus is when you're thinking outside of the temptation that's before you right now. Right, right, right. right. I'm doing this running and um, I have a uh, family member, he just married my cousin and uh, he was telling me, I was telling him how hard it was for kind of, you know, getting all these miles in. And he said, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, there was one of my cadets, he was running and he didn't make the time. And I told him, I said, you're selfish. You're selfish because if we're, he's in the military, uh, he said, if we're over in the Middle East and we have to hot-tail it to another town because you are not in condition with PT, because you are out of shape, all of us, all of us are in danger because there's no soldier left behind, and we're going to have to slow down just to keep up with you. Go run it again and make your time. And that stood out to me. I don't run just for myself. I run yes. for my generation. That's so good. And whatever it is that That's God good. has called for you to do, don't focus on the moment. Yes. Focus on the generation. That's good. Moment focused, craving, um, generational focus, calling. All right. Next craving. What's in sight? What's before you right now? Okay. So I think about my, my, um, my children, right? My son doesn't want a popsicle until he sees his sister with a popsicle. So sight breeds desire, right? And that's what advertising does. Like when you be sitting on the couch, you're not thinking about a cheeseburger, but they, man, you, you see that, that juicy cheeseburger you know, pop up on the screen, then you want a cheeseburger all of a sudden, or you want some fried chicken, or maybe it's not food. Maybe it's like you're not thinking about a new car, but, you're, but you see a commercial about a new car, you're like, man, you know that car is getting, you know, I might need to get me something else. Or, you know, a new iPhone, you know, or a new te technology. We are uh, constantly enticed by stuff like yeah. that, cravings, because it's just before us. Yeah. Okay, so we're not considering like all the stuff that may we have to spend mm -hmm. or the, the cost of it when we consume it. Yeah, cravings make it to where you're a commercial responder. Mm -hmm. Whatever is commercial, whatever commercial is before you, you want it. Right. Okay, when you are responding to your calling, it's not what's before you, it's the vision. That's good. The, the craving is what's in sight. The calling is what's my vision. Yeah. My vision gives me the strength to turn down what I see right now. Yeah. So I'm trying to reach a goal. My vision, say if somebody watching this, your vision is to be 165 pounds. So when the sight of Shipley's Donuts or Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme Donuts Ooh, is before wee. you, your vision is going to override what's in sight. Right. Because I have a vision of reaching this goal. Right. I can say no to what's currently in sight. Right, right. Okay? Think about them calories. All right. <laughs> We're trying to get you guys to see this. Craving. Next right, one. Next one. 
what pleases me, right? This is what I want to do. I want to work here at this job. I want to live here. I want to go to this school. I want my preference. I want to date this person. I want to marry this person. Like, so you think about what pleases you or what you're not thinking about what pleases God. You want to make the decision because you want to do it. Kind of like the first one. It's what you want to do. And it's what yeah. it's what's going to feel good to you yeah. um, in the long run. Yeah. Um, the, the craving is always going to be focused on myself being right. pleased. Right. Calling is going to focus on God being pleased. And please understand this. Just because it pleases you doesn't mean it pleases God. Right. We have a lot of copy and paste Christians that feel as though, oh, because I like it, God must like it. Oh, because I'm not cool with him, God must not be cool with him. Oh, because that didn't sit well with me, it must not sit well with God. Oh, No, just because you feel some type of way doesn't mean God feels the same type of way. Right. Okay. And the last one, because we're um, short on time, I want to... Break down two things. The last one is craving is give in. Calling is resisting. Right. Okay. Give in to it. Give in. Fall. So some practical steps. How do I get to a place where I'm strong? Number one, I have to surrender. Yes. What is that? Repentance. Recognizing, okay. I'm yours. Recognizing I've made a mess of my life. I made a mess of my life and I need a savior. That's the first thing is surrender. The second thing is pest control. I think this is so good. Pest control. There will always be third-party interruptions sent by the enemy to be a pest to your development. See, uh, 1 Peter tells us to get rid. Rid yourself of malice. Rid yourself of impurity. Rid yourself of all of these things. Because there's things in your life that you recognize, I need an exterminator. And that's the Holy Spirit. This stuff cleaned up. I got to clean this up. And the Holy Spirit's going to do it. Please get this. It's not on willpower. It's on his power. The surrendering is going to show you, I have some pest that I need you to get rid of God. Yes. I have a porn pest, I have a pride pest, I have an anxiety pest, I have insomnia pest, and it is a pestilence to my destiny, and I need you to rid myself. Last one, I need spiritual reinforcement. So what that looks like, I've made a mess in my life. Spiritual reinforcement is when I'm with somebody who helps me straighten stuff up. See, you want to marry somebody, you want to marry somebody who helps you. You see what I'm saying? I know you told me not to do it. Come here, Tracy. Come here. See, you need some spiritual reinforcement. On my own, I'm just over here just trying to straighten stuff up on my own. But you want to marry somebody that helps you clean up. You want to attend a church that helps you clean up. Come right. on up here. I know you don't yes. want to. Come on up here. We need some you, help. We you need, need to help. have some sisters that, you know what, let's get this lust some in order. Let, let me help you. Let yeah. me help you. Okay? Let, let's, let's get this pride in order. She grabbed all of it. She yeah. said, I'm, I'm a real Listen, kind of. get this out of here. I'm going to get all okay, this you stuff. You're going to be free from this, girl. You're going to be free from gonna this. You're going to be free. We're going to overcome this. We're going to get Listen. all of this. Listen, this is not going to win. This is not going to beat you. You're going to beat this. So look, look. Stand right here real quick. I want them to see this. Sometimes on your own, it takes longer for you to get rid of the mess. Yeah. But when you have a spiritual reinforcement, you have other people who can come in your life and help you rid yourself of the malice, rid yourself of the pain, rid yourself of the heartbreak. Because God is saying there's power in community. So, Father, we pray and we thank you. Give us the strength to listen to the unctions of the Holy Spirit. 
give us the strength to not respond to our flesh, but God, give us discipline when we recognize we are the masters of this body because you're the master of our soul. We don't have to give in to the lust. We don't have to give in to the alcohol. We don't have to give in to the weed. We don't have to give in to the depression. We don't have to give in to the lies. We don't have to give in to the stress that you, oh God, could help us live lives where we respond to our calling and not our craving. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen.